Welcome to Beyond the Field, a property and finance series powered by Money Empire. The content you're about to hear is designed to educate and inspire you to tick off your property and finance goals. And when we say beyond the field, we mean your field, whatever that may be. Money Empire is an experienced financial advisory firm with over 10 years experience. We deal in this world day in, day out and want to give you, the loyal listener, exclusive access to behind the scenes of the property and finance industry. We've helped thousands of clients with their financial journeys, everything from first home buyers right through to managing clients with extensive property portfolios from New Zealand and abroad. Each week, BTF includes special guest episodes. We chat with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, sports stars, and the stories of everyday people. Now it is your turn to take back control of your future. So kick back and absorb. My name's Kane Wallstrom. I'm here with Shane Rowe, lateral lawyers. Shane, today we're going to talk about um, if you're discharging uh, a property on behalf of a client with a, a lender. How does that work? So first thing you've got to be careful for before you enter into a sale and purchase agreement, you need to make sure that you're getting enough money from the purchaser to discharge your mortgage. Believe it or not, we have had situations where, and it doesn't happen so much these days, but you know, back to beyond to, uh, 2010, people would have second mortgages and sometimes they'd be up to their eyeballs in debt. You had the crash, obviously 0708 crash and people owed more than they could secure. And if you have entered into an unconditional contract with a purchaser, you're really in a tight spot because you have an obligation to pay your bank back, but you don't have uh, a contractual obligation from your purchaser to give you enough money to do so. So that's the first thing. Make sure your contract purchase price is more than you owe the bank. Yep. Okay. Second to that then, if that all goes well, settlement day is looming for your client, who is the vendor in this case. Funds come through from the, um, I suppose, the, the purchasers looking to buy it from their That's lawyer. Right. You yes. receive that. You then send that discharge, or you send that money, to, sorry, to your client's uh, bank to discharge that mortgage. We send, we, first of all, we send the confirmation from the discharging lender or bank we send that to our client and say please confirm the final amount there may be break fees for fixed mortgages there may be unsecured overdrafts that have been added on that the client weren't aware particularly if they have uh, have an SME they have a business with associated lending the bank you know because they can do whatever they want it might at the last minute so we, we take great care to make sure that the client, and if it's a, a husband and wife, the husband and wife um, actually look at the statement and say, yes, Shane, lateral lawyers, we agree that this is the amount to go back to the bank in respect of the various entities, including ourselves, our trust, our business, and p- please pay off those nominated amounts. Yeah, so I suppose it only gets tricky maybe if a client is cross-collateralized with a couple of properties and there's a bit more debt there, and yeah. then you're discharging... I suppose, um, one property with one set of debt and the, the, uh, the bank yeah. needs to update a statement of position on behalf of the client. There was a case a few years ago, Kane, and we don't like to talk about too much intricacy on these podcasts, but there was an interesting case a few years back where a lawyer got faced with a situation where they couldn't get hold of their client, but they were under specific instructions from their client not to pay back the bank until they okayed it. So this junior lawyer panicked 
they paid back the bank because they did, they thought the client wouldn't have wanted a late settlement. And the law society who got involved because the client complained said that common sense should have prevailed and the law firm should have chosen to have uh, 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 and have the client incur a couple of grand or whatever it was in penalty interest over the weekend rather than give up the chance to negotiate over a $20,000 odd worth of debt, which was disputed because it was a marital, I believe it was a, um, a marital uh, a breakup. So in that situation, uh, you just hope you've got a, a good lawyer who understands what's going on and that common sense prevails. But in terms of taking it out of the lawyer's hand and for the listeners doing everything that they can to put themselves in the, the best position possible, have everything as to and contact your bank really early and say, I'm yeah. settling on the 10th of October how much money am I going to need to give you? And I would like that in writing so we have no nasty surprises on the settlement date. Absolutely, because people forget about fixed break fees. They forget about cash contributions. Um, and sometimes, like you said, they may forget about a tight overdraft or a caveat that may be on there or a second mortgage, whatever it is. And the last thing you could want as a lawyer is all these surprises on settlement day. So uh, right. listeners, if you have any questions, um, obviously Shane definitely has got all the legal uh, aspects tied down. He's your man. Um, but stay tuned for more podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on this episode and hundreds more, you can visit us at Beyond the Field Podcast on all social platforms. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Now it's your turn to take control and build your empire beyond your field.